You're listening to Joy Coaching America with the Joy Coach, Karen Lynn Grant, spreading upbeat, uplifting, informative messages of hope and happiness from sea to shining sea from our home in the beautiful Rocky Mountains. Welcome to Joy Coaching America. This is Karen Lynn Grant, and I am here with the beautiful Kenyon Robson, who Kenyon, I've gotten to interview you several times, and during those other interviews, I wanted to hear all about your childhood, and then the beautiful story of your youth, and the overcoming, and everything that you went through, and I would like our listeners to know that you can go back and go to carolyngrant.podcast.com, and you can do a search for Kenyon Robson, and all three of her previous episodes will come up, because to hear the story in succession is going to be very powerful for our listeners. But today I have specifically invited you back because I want to do a call about your evolution into the beautiful, amazing leader that you are and the leader in your role as mother, as wife, as sister, as friend, all of the roles that you have, the divine roles that you have, that you embrace under the title of leading and leading your own life. So I am so grateful that you're here, Kenyon. Just give us a big hello. Well, I am so happy to be back. I love spending time with Karen. She is so beautiful in every way, and we have the best time um, just sharing together and being together. So thank you so much for having me back, Karen. Uh, Yes, it has been quite a journey. You know, one of my favorite things to do is look back and see the Lord's thin threads of how he's preparing you for what you don't know is in store for you. And, um, you know, I can look back and I just see all those thin threads of the, of the ways that he was preparing me for the callings that he had for me. And, um, so when, um, I had talked previously about how I had, at one of the lowest points of my life, I was alone. I was broken and sad and going through hard things. And I decided to pick up, pick myself up off the couch after about a month of mounds of tissues on my coffee Mm. table and get a job at the child crisis center in Arizona, which is a place where kids are taken out of their homes after being severely abused. And I fell in love with these kids. I found a huge part of my purpose um, and healed so much of my childhood through serving these kids who were in so much pain and, um, desperately needed love and and they needed all the things that I needed. So, and all the things that you knew you had needed, but didn't have as a child. And now you were able to turn around and give it to them. Yes. And just pour into them. So not only did I forget about myself because, you know, obviously we all know when you're in the service of others, you forget about yourself, but I was also able to heal my heart by giving them just what you said, what I needed and didn't get. And, um, and then because I was able to give that to them, I learned how to give myself what I had never received, um, that I needed. And so it really was this few years of just magnificent healing before I met Rob. And, um, and so I met Rob after I'd worked there for a few years and, So these little seeds have been planted in me of healing, of love, of purpose, um, that I know heavenly father was, was guiding me directly where I needed to be. And, um, 
So then um, Rob and I met in a company meeting. I was invited to come to an entrepreneurship meeting and I didn't grow up around entrepreneurs. I didn't really know the language, the lifestyle. I had just never been a part of, of my life in any way. And I was blown away, blown away by this thing called being an entrepreneur of, um, you know, when you grow up, just learning to rely on yourself. Mm-hmm. There's no more beautiful thought than if it's going to be, it's up to me. <laughs> because right. now a lot more healing has taken place since this time. This was 21 years ago. Um, but I found such peace in the fact that there was a path that I could rely on nobody. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I felt most peaceful and safe when I was relying on myself. And so going back to and the mentality that as a little girl, that you had to rely on you and that absolutely such inner strength at such a young age. Absolutely. And so there were good things about that and things I still needed to heal along the way because it's not healthy to never choose to rely on anybody. But at this point where I was then, I um, loved the thought of being on my own and just, and knowing that I could have a path that I could make it happen. And so um, you love the entrepreneurial idea. The entrepreneurial idea is what I absolutely loved. And so I didn't know if I was capable. I didn't know if I had what it takes, but I was hopeful. And hope was something at this point, 21 years ago, that I grabbed onto with both hands. Um, I needed hope and, um, and this path of entrepreneurship gave me hope that I could make something happen big in my life and create this beautiful life that I wanted to create. And so, um, so I was excited, skeptical, um, and actually Rob, my husband now of almost 20 years, he was presenting on stage and anyone that knows Rob knows that he is charming and funny and smiles a lot and is a fast talker and a big talker. Now, again, this was 20 years ago. He has evolved a ton. Um, He's taken all those good things and polished them super shiny. But back then almost resembled a car salesman type (laughs) personality. And so uh, I wanted to get to the bottom of that and get to know him and find out what was behind the happiness that I had never seen any other man in my life. Did you meet him that night? Oh, he laser beat. He was right down following up right after the meeting and said, so what you think? And you know what? And I said, you know, yeah, I like it. I, I, I like the idea of entrepreneurship. I'd love to learn more about that. And he said, he scheduled a meeting from a meeting and, um, followed up with me a couple of days later. And, um, and he actually got me started on my journey and, um, you know, those first months of dating when you're up talking for hours and, you know, we, he'd come over in his gym tank top and, um, and we would just talk about business and life. And I remember saying to him, I don't think we'd get along. I think we would butt heads a lot because, and he'd say, what, why would you think that? I'd say, cause we have, both of us have really strong personalities and, um, I just don't think we'd get along very opinionated, both of us, both of our own ideas. Um, both of us very independent spirits. And so um, we're going to wrap up this first part, but that, that is what led into um, uh, 
a journey of two very strong personalities with a passion for entrepreneurship, a passion for helping people own their life and become free to create the life and decide what their life was going to look like instead of having, you know, whatever job they had determined exactly what their life was going to look like. Um, these two young whippersnappers with strong personalities and baggage and all kinds of stuff um, decided to embark on this journey of teaching other people how to be entrepreneurs. And um, it has been the best ride of my life. Uh, bumpy, crazy. And we did butt heads a lot. <laughs> Those first five years, uh, learning how to be a partner, learning how to be independent, but also interdependent, Right. Um, feeling vulnerable and safe enough to learn to rely on another human and learn how to combine a life um, with little trust um, that I had built up in my life until that point. Um, so there was a lot for those two strong whippersnappers to learn, um, but we were committed. And um, luckily he had had parents that had been wonderful examples of marriage and loyalty because for me in those first five years, I, my go-to was I was fine before you, I'll be fine after you. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Anytime I was afraid. Mm -hmm. And back then I didn't know I was afraid. I thought I was really tough and I thought I was just super tough and independent. But the truth is I was just deathly afraid of abandonment, of rejection. And so that was my go-to. And he'd say, oh, brother, here we go. Where are we going? Wherever you go, I'm going. So where are we going today? And I, you know, rolled my eyes and he understood loyalty. And because of that, that continued to heal my heart and expand my trust. And, um, and so it's been a beautiful, crazy, crazy journey of um, partnership and entrepreneurship. I totally appreciate you sharing that with us, Kenyon. I think after you've been hurt, whether it's in childhood or a previous relationship, it is so hard to open your heart and trust again. And, and there is some rough edges to be refined and polished. And Rob has such a gift of that. And I was talking to a friend this morning, we were talking about our husbands, because both of us have been married previously. And I said, you know, I've noticed something in your husband that is in my husband. And that is this gentle nature that is just calm and has totally taken away that, that uh, hands over the heart. You're not going to get near me. No one's going to tamper with this heart again. Yes. And I think that you and Rob have such a beautiful marriage that is something that we all look up to. We all appreciate and I'm so excited to continue this journey in the next segment with you. Today, we are Joy Coaching America, and we're talking to Kenyon Robson about her journey with her husband, Rob Robson, unraveling and un unfolding and blossoming the role of a leader in the 21st century, a lady in leadership, Kenyon Robson.
from sea to shining sea and beyond. You're listening to Joy Coaching America Worldwide with show host and Joy Coach, Karen Lynn Grant. Welcome back to Joy Coaching America. This is Karen Lynn Grant interviewing Kenyon Robson. And Kenyon's first segment was delightful. I absolutely loved hearing about these two amazing people that I love. Strong-willed, passionate, entrepreneurial personalities, and that you were discovering that, and that the first night that you went to understand the world of entrepreneurialism, that you met your future husband, and that he coached you along that path. And I know that that was still lots of hurdles to overcome. But you know, as we discussed this, and even between segments, we talked about the trust that you have to have to be a lady in leadership, that there has to be a core foundation of trust. And when you haven't grown up being able to trust anybody, you learn to trust yourself, but that can still put an edge on us where we are guarding our hearts and we're you know, very careful to love. And that can bring an edge into our leadership roles and make us a different kind of leader. It's when we have a foundation of trust that I think we soften and that we feel safe to be a soft, but beautiful, brilliant, bold leader, still gentle, still soft, still feminine. So I would love for you to talk yes. about your values that you feel have developed because you have oh trust in your heavens. marriage. Yes. Oh my heavens. You know, over the 20 years of Rob and I building our communities of entrepreneurs, um, I have seen after mentoring hundreds of couples and after going through the things that I've been through myself, you cannot go out into the world. I, I don't believe, and I haven't seen a woman or even a man when things are falling apart at home. And, and it, even if you're single falling apart emotionally in your life, but, but right now focusing on at home and your marriage and your, uh, with your children, when you don't feel like you have that foundation at home that you can rely on that rock that you can walk away and forget about, not forget about it. It's obviously it's central in your heart, but you can't go out and become and maximize all that you are when you are hurting inside from a home that's in turmoil. And um, we've seen time and time again, when a couple will sit down and mentor with us and they'll want to talk all business. How do we get to where we want to go? What's the next steps we need to take? Um, and when we know that there's turmoil at home, sometimes they don't understand in the beginning how we go back to let's fix that because we just know too well that you cannot individually maximize all your potential and you surely can't as a couple when things are falling apart at home like karen said when you can't trust um i have been there uh, the first five years of our marriage was very difficult as we are both um healing from baggage and just learning how to run a life together is is not easy and um i wasn't myself i was sad i wasn't trusting i felt insecure um when you heal all those things at home now do you need to stop your journey of progression in your business completely to heal things at home i don't believe that i believe that you can continue um to grow your businesses and your purposes and passions but i do think it needs to be the number one priority to heal your home whatever that takes because you are a different person when you're able to have that super solid foundation of peace the peace that i feel rob can go out now am i naive no we're all humans i i don't consider myself naive 
that he can go out into the world with my full trust and vice versa, that we are cheering each other on um, with happy, positive, joyful feelings for what each other is pursuing and accomplishing because we have that peace and that um, peace is the best word I can think of. It really is. It's a total stability and a peace. And I, the, the picture that comes to my mind as you're talking about this is a wheel with a hub, like a big car wheel. But if the hub is broken, that's your marriage. If the hub is broken, the spokes, I don't know if they're called spokes, but those spokes yeah. will not stay in. They will keep rattling around and fall out. And then all those other aspects of your life never feel whole 100%. because your because your hub, your husband, your husband yeah. is, hey, is not working. Something and, here. and I remember telling in a former marriage that I was in, I remember saying, you know, I know you have these big humanitarian dreams and I, and I admire that, but if you can't feel one, if you can't work on a relationship with one, how do you think you can go bless the many? We have to get it right with one. Yes. And then we can go add on to our, uh, our stewardships, more and more relationships. Yes. But if the one major stewardship in your life is not taken care of, or is hurting or is broken or nothing is feeling insecure. Right. Nothing, nothing else, else is right. I, I know. Um, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. Um, so reach out for help. One problem we have is that we live in this picture perfect social media society where everybody's posting in love pictures and perfection and there are hashtags of relationship goals and you guys are perfect. And we're so scared to look imperfect. We are so scared to be vulnerable. Um, but my goal is to be happy and successful, not to look happy and successful. And so how do I do that? I reach out for help and it is okay. It is, there is so much courage and strength in reaching out for help, reading, reaching out for a counselor, whatever it is for you and whatever you need to do to get your home feeling peaceful, peaceful at your home and peaceful in your heart so that you can go out and use all of your capabilities and potential to then go out and affect the world with your passions. I, I've seen many people choose escape routes to avoid having yes. to heal what's at home. And so they go yes. and they become a, a, a leader and I'm doing the quote sign around my fingers with my fingers. They become a leader in the Republican party or they become a leader here on this on the school board, they they choose other avenues to go and build and to fill up where they feel an empty longing. And so I I just I Absolutely. love I love and I've watched Rob and I watch how he is a very handsome man and how people could become attracted to him. And you are gorgeous and people will be attracted to you. And yet that air of professionalism. And I think that's all part of trust is that when you are out in the world, my father used to always say, men and women cannot become best friends because by and by, one of them will always become more attracted in another way to another person. And I think that this is really important because there are boundaries that we need to keep as leaders. For so sure. that we're setting a really good, solid example for those people that are following us, that we are showing that we honor other people's marriages Yes. Whether we're single and, and that man is willing to help us and he's married and, and that we really honor etiquette 
in our relationships with other people. That builds security, that builds yes, safety, absolutely. that builds trust, and that builds a great foundation for yes, leadership. Yes, absolutely. Yes, I, um, I'm so glad you brought that up because I, I believe so much in boundaries. Um, we say, you know, there's certain people, you think of a Manasseh Fotu, he just has a vibe. And I know Rob, I, I believe Rob does too. And Rob is Charisma. so kind. Rob is a great friend to so many. And that's something I love about him. But when you're around him, you feel that I'm married by. And when you're around people, you either feel that or you don't. And um, we either exude that or we don't. And we have to ask ourselves, why are we not exuding that? Mm -hmm. Because there must be some little part of us that doesn't want that vibe there. And um, anyway, when you're building communities and entrepreneurs and you're dealing with men and women, boundaries is so important. Just being respectful to other people's marriages. You're not there to impress. You're there to, um, what is it? I'm not, ah, uh, there's a word that's on the tip of my tongue. Um, not trying to impress, but trying to, I can't think of the word. Shoot. Well, I'll fill a word in. Okay. You're not, you're not there to impress. You're there to progress. Yes. And you are there to make a better version of yourself. And that includes having professional boundaries. Yes. And I want to just share really quickly an experience that I had where I was in a entrepreneurial company and I was a very huggy person. So uh -huh. I would hug everybody and I would hug the men, I would hug the women. And then one day I came home and I felt a very strong impression Karen, you're, you're too huggy and you need to be more aware of other people's feelings because you don't know that that couple didn't have a fight or an argument before you went to that meeting and you're off hugging her husband and look at that look on her face. Did you sense something? And, you know, I think that this is so important. We weren't planning on talking about this, but I think as we are ladies in leadership, we're out in the world. And we're looking our best and we're doing our best to be our best. And that is attractive to yes. other people. Yes. And we need to be careful how we come across so that we are exuding that energy of, I am, I am happy, I am whole and complete. Whether I'm single or I'm married, I am happy, whole and complete. And I am Respectful. sending out that energy. Yes, yes, I love that. We're Joy Coaching America and we'll be right back. Welcome to the Loving Liberty Radio Network. Welcome back to Joy Coaching America, raising the world's vibration to love, joy, and peace. One happy listener at a time. Welcome back to Joy Coaching America. Kenyon, I am loving this because I think that we just, we just talked about a subject that is so important in the world today. And especially in these large entrepreneurial groups where there are men and women combined and you are finding like-minded, like-hearted people. And so as we move on from that subject, I, I love the convictions that you share. When you're on stage, you share many convictions. There are many messages that are within the messages that you verbally speak. And one of those messages that I have really gotten through you is 
while you are beautiful on stage and while you are humorous, you are, you can be a, a, a stand-up comedian, you can bring light to difficult subjects, you have a philosophical heart, you are very deeply spiritual, you are very deeply emotive. But what I have felt from you with all of those beautiful qualities combined is that even though you draw the audience's attention, as you receive that attention, you focus it back onto everybody else and encourage them all to become the leader within them. And I think that that is such an amazing quality of humility to be able to be so secure in who you are and all your God-given gifts, talents, and skills that could make me cry because I see that in you. And I see that people, this makes people so comfortable. It makes you so approachable. Whereas if you had haughtiness or it's all about me and what I have achieved, that could make people feel standoffish. And I think that you draw people to you because of, we all feel your love. And you are a loving leader. You are a loving lady in leadership. So share with Karen, us. Karen, thank you so much. This woman is incredible. Um, I um, So all of us have different leadership styles. And I love and admire. I have women in, in our teams and communities that have totally different leadership style than I do. And I learn from them a ton. In fact, there are some leadership traits that I am still really working on, learning how to sometimes get a little tougher and pull out more out of someone. Um, you know, I think my husband does that so beautifully, but my personal style, and I, I think we're led along. Um, I think God knows me and then puts people in my path who can be affected differently by my, um, leadership style. And what I believe at my heart is that people find their way when they have someone to hold their hand. I don't think I have all the answers for people. I don't think that I, um, can give everyone answers because I truly believe that God has such a detailed plan if we're open to listening for each person. And I don't always know that plan. And so I believe in women listening to their hearts. I believe in women listening to their intuition, but I want to be there side by side with them because I think we figure it out faster and stronger when we just have someone that we are completely safe with, that we can completely open up with but that also inspires us, not just someone who gets down in it with us, but someone who inspires us to continue walking forward with grace and with confidence and love. And so um, my personal style is I just really believe that people figure things out. If I can guide them to the right information and then hold their hand and just walk with them, you know, I think we kind of give people what we like <laughs> in a Absolutely. lot of ways. And and so I have always figured things out. I just needed someone there to tell me it's okay to be exactly right where you are in this ugly place or mess, um, because I'm a hundred percent positive that you are going to get yourself out of it and just be there with me to listen without judgment and to laugh and to hear me. Um, that is exactly the recipe that I need to have courage. Um, you know, there were times in the trenches of, of motherhood where I was trying to figure things out. And, you know, I lost my mom when I was four. And so I didn't always know the answers. Um, and, uh, I remember feeling very bluesy after one of my babies and 
I never had a woman in my life to talk to or to hear or to bounce things off of. So I didn't know I was feeling blue. I didn't know about postpartum depression. I didn't know about any of that. And um, I just had a friend that said, a friend that I admired, I think living your life in a way that's inspiring to others that they can watch. This was a friend that I looked up to. I felt like she had it all together. I felt like she was a beautiful person and leader and mother and wife. She said, I got on a medication after one of my babies because I was feeling very blue. And, um, and I just remember getting off the phone and thinking, oh, it's okay. Beautiful, confident, strong, talented, accomplished women go through this. Mm-hmm. And it was exactly that, that gave me the courage to reach out for some help after that baby. And, um, I think I just wanted to be that person, someone who's striving for more, requiring more of myself, um, doing the absolute maximum best that I can, um, and be absolutely willing to walk hand in hand with a person who's figuring it out, knowing that they can knowing. And that, and I think that hopefully my prayer is that they feel that from me and that they'll have the courage to keep walking and figuring it out and grow themselves and become better. And I think that's the difference between coaching and counseling. A counselor, you can sit across from a counselor and they don't share anything that you can relate with. It's just out of the textbook. Whereas a coach can say, you know what? I experienced those feelings. I went through that. And when as, as soon as you feel like somebody relates with you or that you can relate with them, it's like the shoehorn out of the ditch that you were in. You know, it's like somebody comes and yes. puts that chain on the end of your bumper and pulls you out of that, that ditch. And I, I think that what I see in you, and I just want to share this because I totally love edifying you, Kenyon, is that what I hear. And as I listen to this whole program, sitting here with you, I hear godly confidence and it's not confidence of the world. There, there could be very much some of that, but it's godly confidence and it's confidence enough to share the parts of your journey that are applicable in a situation when you feel impressed and inspired to share with a woman, I was there, I experienced that, and I can be there for you while you were experiencing that. And I think that that is the difference between counseling and coaching. Yeah. I think that you become so relatable and so approachable and irresistible that then people just, they want to follow you. It's not a big choice. It's just a natural gravitation to life. So I just appreciate that. I, I appreciate everything that you've shared thus far. And I just uh, want to encourage everybody to strengthen those relationships that you have as your platform, whether it is your platform with God, if you are a single woman, striving to be the very best version of yourself. And, and there's a beautiful scripture in Isaiah that says the Lord, thy maker is thy husband. And there is always someone that you can turn to. You can always turn to the Lord and, and talk to him about these things and develop a strong foundation with him. That hub can be so strong that you can still, even without a mortal man by your side, become a very strong, courageous, beautiful, brave woman. And then if you are in a relationship, sometimes that's even a little bit more difficult than when you're by yourself, because it sometimes is easier to do things with God. Yeah. And it's, it's a little <laughs> more challenging to do things with, with involving another human yes, mortal. Yes. And so that can be 
a greater challenge, but to, to look at your relationship honestly and openly, get help. Like Kenyon said, if there's an area in your marriage where you're feeling like, mm, this is, this is a struggle for me. Don't ignore it and go fill it up with an extracurricular activity go take care of it and get help for that. And I think that that is so important. So Kenyon, what message would you share with, with us right now about your conviction to helping women to become the very best that they can be? Oh, I love, I just, I love this. I, I just encourage you to choose every single day to go out there and lead, go and lead. We, this world right now needs women who are, confident and and passionate and loving and all the things that women offer the world needs it go out and lead choose to lead don't think of yourself as a person who's not capable of leading lead in your homes um, go out and lead in your communities um, knock on a door if, if if you are follow your intuition um, in your business you are capable of growing businesses. You are capable of leading everywhere you go. Um, I used to just think that was for other people, um, but it's not. It's the simple steps of just maximizing your potential and choosing courage. And um, I just encourage you to get out there and lead with your whole heart. The world needs you right now. So choose your cause. This is Joy Coaching America. Welcome back to Joy Coaching America, raising the world's vibration to love, joy, and peace, one happy listener at a time. Welcome back to Joy Coaching America. This is Karen Lynn Grant, and we are interviewing today Kenyon Robson. And, you know, as I've been listening to you, Kenyon, I have just been like, it's just filling my soul. And I am just feeling full and happy. And like, that is just delicious information. It's just making my spirit so happy. And as we continue this program and wind it up, I really want to talk to you, Kenyon, about communities. Because, you know, no man is an island. No man stands alone. And how can we find a like-minded community that has values and and that's uh, that's all people in the community, inspiring each other, leading each other, edifying each other to become the very best version of ourselves. I would love for you to tell about the life platform. I would love for you to share with our listeners how you and Rob have used this platform, the audios, the fifty-two thousand dollars worth of audios and and entrepreneurial educational materials that can help us all in our 24 seven hours a day that we can listen and grow and become. Yes, yes, yes. So I, like I told you, when I first came to this meeting, learning about entrepreneurship, um, I had never learned to, you know, we call it RLA, read, listen, and associate every single day. Um, I had never thought about that or, or been around people who, who thought that was important. Um, and I'm 50, 50 introvert, extrovert. And so 
being around communities of people that were strangers to me in the beginning um, felt very emotionally exhausting. And it is the last thing I wanted at that point in my life that, um, that I thought, and I thought I didn't need it. I didn't want it. It was emotionally exhausting. Um, if you're a person that's introverted or picks up on what other people are feeling, their moods their vibes, it can be very exhausting. And so I didn't want it. I had no idea 20 years later that I would say the number one thing that has had the greatest impact on the growth um, that I have seen in myself in the last 20 years has been association. You know, we think that's so important when we have teenagers. We tell our teenagers who they associate with is everything. Um, I have a 17 year old son right now who, um, you know, hangs around some people that my husband and I, um, you know, they're good people, but they're not going to help our son to, um, to grow in the positive direction that we would like to see him. And we find ourselves talking to our kids about that, but all of a sudden it feels like we don't remember that that's important when we're adults. It's everything for our kids and teenagers, but all of a sudden when we become adults, it's not a big deal who we associate with. We associate with the news, negativity, grouchy in-laws, people who don't believe that we can accomplish the things that we can accomplish, but nothing changed. We still, just as important as it was when we were kids or teenagers, who we associate with is who we are or who we will become. And it doesn't matter how old we get, that never ever changes. I cannot believe the impact that associating with a group of people who are not victims, you know, I grew up around very victim-minded people, to, to be surrounded by people who have hope mentality, who believe in miracles, who want hope in their life. They don't want to just sit and get the adrenaline of listening to all the breaking news. They want to grow themselves, reach their potentials, reach their purposes. I cannot tell you the impact of 20 years of how that has helped me grow and evolve into a better person. Um, it is unbelievable the impact that who you associate with as a grown adult impacts the way that you think. Um, what goes into your brain is, is who we are, whether we're 15 or whether we're 45. Um, that's just the fact. It's the bottom line. And so who is your community? Who are you associating with? I can guarantee you um, the top five people that you associate with, you can look into your own life and see that your, that your marriage is probably similar. Your income is probably similar. Um, if you, you know, I remember signing up for a marathon years ago and um, I wanted to run with the fastest girl in our ward. Um, you know, the 95% of the world feels best when they're hanging around someone who's just slightly behind them a little bit whether that's in weight, whether that's in income, um, people in general feel a little bit better when they're a little bit ahead of who they're associating with. But if we can flip that and start to love to hang around someone who's a little bit further ahead, not better or worse, and in God's eyes, our worth doesn't change, but we all have areas where we're ahead or behind another person at that particular time. And I remember wanting to run with this marathon runner in our neighborhood and I didn't want to slow her down. So I trained and trained and trained until I felt like, okay, she's still definitely much faster than me, but I can at least run with her and hopefully not slow her down. And those first few times I thought my lungs were going to explode. I, I thought I was going to die 
because she was better than I was and she was faster than I was. Um, and by the end of our training together, she was still faster than I was. But because I chose to train with her over a six month period, I was way faster than I had started out before I started training with her. So that's the way I looked, look at areas of my life. I want to be with the least of these to lift others up, but I also want to associate with people who I consider to be further down the road in me so that I can improve and grow. I love that. And I think that takes such a, a twist of saying, I want to choose friends that have an expertise that I have not yet developed. Yeah. And then I will you let that person be my example in their area of expertise, yeah. rather than avoiding people that are better than you in right. something so that you can. That's all we go. naturally do as a dancer. I wanted to practice my right leap <laughs> over and over and over because that was a side I was good at. And I never wanted to practice my left. Um, but I learned that that's what I needed to practice the most was my left <laughs> so I could improve. <laughs> that's how I was with piano. I always wanted to practice my right. Right. Not my yes. Left. Yes. So um, focus on your community. So we, it's so important that we start realizing what we're putting into our brain, what we're surrounding ourselves with and protect our minds of all. There is so much out in the world, so much negativity. I can't tell you how many times I have felt down and thought that I wasn't in the mood, quote, mood to go be around my amazing community of entrepreneurs and like-minded people. And there's never been one time that I regretted going to be around them because I'm different after every single time we're bombarded by negativity and breaking news and so many things. And it is so important. Start being mindful as one of the most important steps in growing your path, whether you're an entrepreneur, your businesses, um, and start focusing on being protecting your mind and start focusing on the communities that you surround yourself, the information that you surround yourself with. And then also start being mindful of um, not being the victim or reactor to your environment, but setting the thermostat. You know, I was queen of, um, well, Rob jokes. He asked a lady in the grocery store the other day how she was doing. And she said, I don't know yet. I just got here. <laughs> and so many of us, you know, and she was so cute and so funny. But so many of us really do have the mentality of we'll see what life does to us today and then we'll know how we feel um, instead of kind of setting the, um, the temperature ourselves and, rem and remembering that every week, everywhere we go, we can lift someone's energy with positivity, with, um, with a hopeful, positive attitude and focusing on both of those things. One, who are we surrounding ourselves with and what information are we letting into our brains and two, how are we setting that tone? Are we reacting to the temperature around us or are we setting the temperature around us? And those are two things on a daily basis that I really, really focus on in my home and in my business. I love that. I love that. Uh, two scriptures come to my mind with what you are sharing with us right now. And one is be of good cheer for I've overcome the world, meaning that it's not, you don't wait to see what the world is doing before you decide if you're going to be of good cheer or not. The other one is rejoice amidst adversity. And, and the Lord right now is giving me an opportunity to practice uh, not, in, not feeling like my faith is being tried in a certain area, but my response is being tried. 
what am I going to do? How am I going to respond to the situation that I have in my life right now with my husband's health? How am I going to respond to that situation? Am I going to learn to rejoice amidst adversity? Am I going to learn to be of good cheer in this new experience that I'm going through that I'm not familiar with and I've never been through it before, knowing that the Lord already overcame that experience before I have to, and that I can turn to him for direction, coaching and instruction. Such an inspiring example to that, Karen. Um, I have been so inspired um, to watch you. It's the desire to choose. There's still going to be the deep pain and there's still going to be um, the journey that you go through. But if one has a desire to get there, and that's what I see in you is I see those moments of hurt and pain, but I see such a tenacity of desire to want the joy that the Lord has to offer. And that is so inspiring for those I, around you. I thank you for that, Kenyon. And I think that, that leaders are resilient. We've got to learn to be resilient because life is always throwing us curveballs. And if we're going to get, you know, it's more learning how to play dodgeball than get smacked in the belly every time a curveball comes. And, and I, I can honestly say that this is something that I am working on so much to learn how to keep an optimistic heart when, when there's evidence of, you know, some sad things to face and to, to inspire other people to do the same, to arise victorious and to follow the Savior's example as we joy coach the world, as we joy coach each other, as we bring life to each other, and to also remember everything that Kenyon just shared about community, association with people who are like-minded, not choosing those situations and relationships that are of a lower vibration, but choose the higher vibration. Thank you. We are Joy Coaching America. This is Carolyn Grant. Thank you, Kenyon. Thank you so much.